Jurgen Klinsmann has named his roster for the upcoming friendly against the Czech Republic on September 3rd. And boy, is it young. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsap. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, good to have you back on the show and have us just two days after the last one. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you sound great as always. I, I don't know what closet you're coming from, but it sounds pretty good. Uh, I'm coming from one of my uh, many offices in, in in the house that I live in. But, uh, Ivis, first <laughs> things first. I mean, when you saw this U.S. men's national team roster, I, I mean, let's face it. Some of the kids on this team, I mean, you could be the father of some of these kids. They're that young. This is true. Actually, they're so young that only Nick Romando is is older than you on this team. That, that so is even, crazy. It even makes you look old, so that, I, I'm okay with that. And I'm not even old yet. You're old, you're dude. You're old, you're old. There's no Nick Romano's the only guy in this team you're, who, who's who's older than you. So you're you're officially old. That doesn't mean I'm 27, going on 28. I mean, I'm not that old yet. But I, dude, you're what? you're 27 and you've just moved in with your girlfriend, so the years multiply even more. Yeah, what happened? So now, I mean, a few years yeah, ago, I was just slaying it at Arizona State. I mean, <laughs> what happened, you, Ivis? What happens in your twenties? Once you 20s? move in, that's it. Once you move in, it's it, it all. It all before you're going to be married, you have two kids, and and you know it's all good because it's it's just a different chapter of life, and uh, it moves. It, it it's just a part of life, and you and being uh, married, being married, having kids, all that stuff's great too. But enjoy definitely for everybody who's listening, who's in their twenties, enjoy your early to mid twenties, yeah, because it flies by. And it's so crazy because half the kids on this team haven't even gotten to their mid twenties yet. I mean, you got you've got a handful of teenagers. I feel like it's a U twenty team. But uh, I was definitely shocked by some of these uh, call ups, and and it's just so funny how, I mean, I, I here I am for for a little while now saying, oh, you know, we got to take it easy with the hyping up of the young kids, and then Clinton calls up <laughs> calls up eight <laughs> kids who have either have no national te- no cl- club professional experience or one game or two games, and it's. It's uh, it was a little surprising, but you know when, when you look at it, when you look at the landscape right now, and you know according to Klinsman, he you know hey, it's a chance to see some European guys you wouldn't normally get to see. Uh, so he pretty much scraped, uh, scraped up all the young Europeans that he could, and uh, you know didn't bring in any MLS guys except for Nick Romando, who apparently is going to have a. He he's gonna buy the beer in the group, I guess. You know, he's the he's the one who's old <laughs> enough. So uh, they had to have one guy at least who can who, who can you know buy the beer. But uh, it, it's an interesting group. I know some fans are gonna be excited just because you know it's a lot of these names that you've heard, but you've never seen them play. And uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna make for an interesting camp. Does it mean we're gonna see these guys play? It doesn't mean all these all these names, all the Rubio Rubens and Emerson Hindmans and. And Jordan Morris, the college kid, who I know some people are like, who the heck is Jordan Morris? Uh, but just to let you know, folks, Jordan Morris, very talented player, very talented forward. All things being equal, he could very, very easily already be a pro. Uh, you know, he's at Stanford. His, his, his father is the team doctor, actually, of the Seattle Sounders. He's a Sounders homegrown player, and he pretty much would already be a pro if he had chosen to, 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 you know, go that route and take a homegrown deal from Seattle. But, you know, he's, he's chosen, he's chosen to stay at Stanford. And, uh, apparently he did so well in the recent U23 camp that, you know, Tab Ramos recommended him and said, he's ready to take a look at it. And, and here he is. And, uh, you know, took That's, I mean, I don't think we've seen that in almost 20 years mm-hmm. where we've seen a, a college player called up to a senior camp. So, uh, that one definitely was a head turner. So, you know, let's see what Klinsman does with this group. Well, I noticed a couple of things in, in this. I mean, 
He only calls up one Major League Soccer player, so clearly Jurgen hates Major League Soccer, Ibis. And uh, and he's going with that Seattle Sounders route. I mean, worked with DeAndre Yedlin. Guess it's going to work with Jordan Morris. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the MLS... Not really, I'm joking it, here, but... No, I know, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, for anyone who can't figure it out, I mean, there's going to be a chance in October to get a look at MLS guys. And then there's the January camp, which is a camp that, you know, European-based guys normally aren't available yeah. for. So... You know, this is an opportunity to get get a look at the European guys that we that he hasn't seen, or mo- most of the guys he hasn't seen foreign base as well. Yeah, great Garza. Let's not forget, uh, great Garza, left back at Club Tijuana, a guy who I've been talking about for a while is someone who deserves a, a, a look and mm-hmm. someone who's who's I think good enough to eventually be in the left back conversation. So uh, there's a lot to like about the group, but and and I wouldn't. It, it's tough to hate on. Uh, young guys getting a, an opportunity, but at the same time, it's like I, I don't know. I feel like there's some conflict there. Not conflict, but you know, Klinsman at times uh, ha- has talked about you know young, young players not wanting to get that you know let, letting stuff get to their heads, mm-hmm. not wanting to build these guys up, make them earn what they you know get get to that point as they move up in their careers, and then you're handing out uh, call ups to to kids who have just barely. Uh, become pros so i mean it, it'll be interesting to see how some of these kids handle that and uh, and if they can keep their heads on straight and uh hopefully they use that as motivation mm-hmm. uh to keep going guys like you know emerson Hyman, uh rubio rubin and, and obviously morris a college kid who you know who knows when he's actually going to turn pro but uh I, i'm i'm just as interested in seeing some of the younger guys like julian green and john brooks who who were at the world cup you know because mm-hmm. that's Let's not forget, like some of these guys who are still very young, but they've already played on uh, at, on the biggest stage. So you want to see how, how that's affected them. Are they more mature now? Are they in a different kind of mindset where they come into a camp like this with confidence? Because, I mean, if you're John Brooks, you scored the winner against Ghana. Like, what are you worried about, right? I mean, you you, you know, you're going to walk into camp feeling pretty good. And same with, uh, you know, Julian Green. You know, he's, he's, he's on the bench at Bayern Munich. You know, I mean, it's not like he's in the reserves. He's on the bench. He's dressing for these games, and, and some people might say that doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something. If you can dress and actually be on the team at Bayern Munich, then that's saying a lot. So I, I think it's it's a great chance to really see those guys. No, I, it's, I think that's a very good outlook on that, especially for, for some of these guys, you know, like John Brooks and, and Julian Green, as you said. And, and a lot can change, and, and I see this. You know, when you look at the World Cup cycle, I mean, look, we got so much time until we even get to the – World Cup qualifying game. I mean, if anyone in 2010 after the World Cup said, oh, Alan Gordon's going to provide this game-winning assist in the 90s, I mean, no one can predict that stuff. So I see this as a good opportunity, Ivis, for a lot of these young guys in a no-pressure game, first game after the World Cup, playing Czech Republic. You know, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's You know, there's no potential qualifiers coming up for the U.S. men's national team. I, I think it gives a lot of these guys a good opportunity, you know, maybe – it's a little premature for some of these guys, but I mean, hey, you got to put these guys in the fire eventually, and, and this is a good look. I will say one thing, Jordan Morris. I know Stanford did play the U.S. men's national team before the World Cup this year, so you have to assume that Jordan Morris also probably impressed uh, in the friendlies that they had up there when the U.S. played Stanford. So I, I think this is awesome, man. I think it's going to be great to see this. And to answer your question, also Brad Guzan is older than me, so so take it easy. Uh, well, see, goalkeepers don't count. I mean, they're they're like little dinosaurs. They're... <laughs> They're 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 supposed to be older, right? I mean, but you know what? I I, I don't have a problem with the call ups. I, you just worry a little because just when you think about the history, recent history, when it comes to young players being exposed a little too young, 
uh, you know, being given a little too much too soon. Mm. And it's so funny how early on in his tenure, Klinsman preached patience. Klinsman, uh, you know, pointed to situations like that and, and, and how that can be a detriment. And but now here he is. He's he's become the king of the new uh, of of the of the young players now. Obviously at the World Cup it worked out for him. DeAndre Yedlin played well. John Brooks played well. John, uh, uh, you know, Julian Green played well. So all of his young guys panned out in Brazil. And it's like he's taking. It's like he's now he's letting it ride. He's feeling. He's like, oh hey, I I I I can do no wrong when it comes to picking the young guys. So let me just pick another group of guys and see how they look. Um, so I'm not going to say these guys are going to crash and burn, but, I mean, it, it's a jump. It's a jump when you talk about the level. Uh, having said that, it, it is interesting that how young this group is uh, uh, field player-wise, right? I mean, you know, you talk about there's a couple of sprinkling of guys. Jeff Cameron's hurt, so, I mean, I, it, it, apparently he's hurt. Reportedly he's hurt. So you think he's not going to be a part of the group, but then you have a guy like Alejandro Bedoya who's kind of one of the veterans in the group, and he's not exactly old either. So, uh, it, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic in that camp. It's almost going to feel like it's a U23 camp. I mean, it definitely seems like that, but I think there's one thing that Jurgen has been able to do that that he's shown is his ability to bring up younger players, Ivis. I mean, he's done this with this World Cup cycle, you know, since he's become the U.S. men's national team head coach, and he also did it with Germany. I think I, something about him, man, he, he's really good at getting these younger players and kind of slowly introducing them, slowly building them up, because let's face it, I mean, he's had a, he's shown a good track record with the U.S. team of guys that he's brought up as young players who have performed, uh, you know, I, I don't say above expectations, but they've come in and they've provided solid minutes. They've looked great on the field, and they've looked outstanding. I, I think Jurgen has Jurgen's really good with these young players, Ivis, and, and for him, I, I you know, I, I know you say that you know he's running wild with this, but he has a proven track record. And I, for me, he's never played. He's never done it. He's I'm he's fine with it. it. He's never been this extreme with a with a young team from top to bottom i mean when you're excluding the goalkeepers this is a i mean this is this feels like a u23 team and and i'm not criticizing it to say it's gonna fail but it, it is not quite what he's done in the past when it comes to integrating young guys in the past when he's brought in young guys he's brought them in one or two and had them in, in, incorporated with a veteran group uh, and you kind of have the, those young players learn from those veterans. This time around, it's like a complete like you. It's like a U. I'm telling you, it's like a U23 camp. I agree. And and maybe he's kind of trying to get a sense of how everyone stacks up with each other and see who stands out in that group. And you know, look, obviously they're not on this on the same uh, level. Uh, you know, you know, some some guys are are further along in their careers than others. Uh, you know, when you talk about guys like Ruben and Heinemann, I mean, they're just starting mm-hmm. out as professionals. I mean, they're both 18 years old. Uh, maybe one of them turned 19, but they're both teenagers. They have single digits, uh, you know, professional appearances. So, you know, they're, they're not going to walk in and, and, and boss things around. I think guys like Bedoya uh, and Guzan, uh, you know, are going to be more the veteran presence, the veteran presences in that in that group. <laughs> you know, you just, you just Bedoya is a veteran presence. <laughs> that makes it sound well, that ma- this a- now makes it sound really weird saying Bedoya is the veteran presence because it's, well, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, he's not. He's not. I mean, let's be real. He's not super, super young. I mean, he was part. He was almost a part of the 2010 team. For those who forget, right? that is I mean, true. Not, you know, so I mean, when you look at this group, I mean, we got bro- uh, veterans, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, guys with more than a few caps. Fabian Johnson, um, Bedoya, and then after that, it's it's younger. All guys younger than 25. I mean, Josie Altidore. Uh, of the field players, uh, he's got to have the most caps of all of, of the field players that are going to be in this camp. Yeah, he has he has more caps than Bedoya, 
So uh, it's it's an interesting group. It's an I, I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I wish I I could peek in on on seeing how how these guys respond. These young guys uh, respond. And as I was saying earlier, I'm really interested to see how these younger World Cup vets like Julian Green, like John Brooks, uh, how they walk into this camp now with a World Cup under their belt. Uh, do they walk in with that kind of confidence and swagger that comes with having played at the highest level in the biggest competition in the world? So I'm, I, I'm, in, I'm interested, man. I'm interested to see how it all works out. Well, okay, to answer your question, Josie Outdoor has 71 caps. The second most cap player is Bedoya at 32. Jeff Cameron has 30. Uh, not Probably not going to play. No, and then um, – uh, Fabian Johnson has 26, Guzan 25, Breck Shea 26. So there you go. And then mixed discrude with 20. So there you go. Those are guys with 20 or more caps on the team. Yeah, something. It's a little sprinkling. Also, Jeff Cameron's 29 years old. Michael Orozco, older than me, at 28 years old. But I, I think for the most part, I mean, the starting 11 that we should see in, in this game is still going to be, you know, guys who have played before, you know, John Brooks, uh, Timmy Chandler, Jeff Cameron, Bedoya, Mixed Disgroup, I mean, possibly Breck Shea, Joe Corona, Josie Altador. So, you're not, you know, or, or I mean, knowing Jurgen Ivis, he's probably going to stick someone like Emerson Hyman out there, Ernest First Captain. He's not going to start. Gonna start. Emerson Hyman's not going to start. I'm just saying, so. you know Jurgen, man. He'll probably throw one curveball out there. Uh, I mean, he'll throw right. one. He will we, do we one. Could, you know, we're going to do a few shows before the game. Yes, right? I'm just saying I mean, he'll I, do I, I, he'll, oh, oh, you Give me this that he'll do one. the bag with a projected lineup. No, I didn't. I you, projected. You, you, I just you, looked at the team. You, you gave up pra- practically in a starting eleven. Well, because I want people so to know that that the show's not about you, and that I'm allowed to do starting eleven. So there you go. I just... <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it's about. You want, pe- you want people to actually believe that you know who these players are, and you can pick them in a poli- pick them out in a police lineup? Uh, I could probably get. <laughs> I'd probably get sixty three point four percent. Let me see uh, guys that I know you wouldn't be able to identify. Uh, Greg Garza. I know what he looks uh, like. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Dude, <laughs> I he's played. He's played enough for Tijuana. Everyone should know who Greg Garza is at this point. They know the name. Doesn't mean they, they're watching the game. They should be watching the game. First off, everyone should be. I, I watch Tijuana. Every, if I'm watching it, everyone else should. There's enough Americans on that team. <laughs> That's true. This is very true. That's why you should uh, be watching it. So, what lineup would you like to see? Wait, wait are we really talking lineup right now? Well, you brought it. The cat out of the bag now. Well, no, no. I mean, there's no lineup that I want to see. But the point I was making was, even though this is a young team, the starting eleven is, you know, the starting eleven is not going to be totally young. You're still going to have guys that have a significant number of caps. You know, I know John Brooks only has five, but he did play in the World Cup, so I'll give him a pass there. But for the most part, you know, you're going to have some guys who have played before. Mixed Discord, Bedoya, Josie Altidore, like I said, you know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, knowing Jurgen, he'll throw a curveball out there. He'll throw one, whether that it is uh, Julian Green getting a start or that's not a curveball. The guy scored a World Cup. Okay, I mean, true. Why can't uh, he start a friendly? Well, okay, I, I'm try- Okay, then then who would be your curveball then? I don't think there's going to be a curveball. I think he's going to go. Well, if you want to say curveball, it's not really a curveball. But I tell you what, Bobby Wood, yeah, is is a guy who I think could get a start because he's playing regularly. He's a starter for 1860 Munich. He's someone who. Um, Klinsman is, is is rated for a while, and while he's young, he's actually put some years in now playing in Germany. Um, so he's young, uh, but not as a pro. As a pro, he's had his years in already. Um, so, I mean, for, for just a real quick, I mean, I think Guzan starts, and then the back four is simple enough with uh, Brooks, Chandler, Johnson, and uh, probably Orozco. 
or Reem. Actually, I'll go Reem. I'll say Reem. Well, Jeff Cameron's hurt. So if, if assuming Jeff Candler's really hurt and is really not going to be part of this camp and he's not just suffering from uh, stay, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get hurt before the transfer-itis. Um, uh, if he's really hurt, then yeah, I think he'll go Tim Reem, uh, John Brooks in the middle. And midfield, I, I mean, there's no real ball winners in this group, but you, no. know, you figure Corona, Bedoya, Corona, Discarud, uh, Morales, Alfredo Morales has been starting uh, in the Bundesliga too for for Ingolstadt for since the start of the season. So he's he's a guy who Klins, I could see Klinsman handing uh, handing a first cap and a first start to. So I don't know if that's necessarily a uh, anything like a crazy wild card. Um, and then forwards you got Josie Altidore as, as your target and 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 maybe a Joe Zhao, but you know I probably would expect Bobby Wood more likely, but. It, we're going to see the 60th, 65th, 70th minute that we're going to see some debuts. We're going to see some national team debuts from some of these guys. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm looking forward to it. That that game is on September 3rd. It is in Europe, so probably kickoff will probably be at lunchtime. So everyone, make sure that you take a long extra lunch on that day. I tell you what, though, man, the, the, those kids could be in for a rude awakening because the Czech, the Czech Republic is not going to be necessarily fielding some, you know, U23 side. They're going to. They're going to have some serious players on that team. They're going to have the veterans on their team that you know there's zero qualifying uh, to, to worry about. So it's uh, it's going to be a good test. Let's put it that way. First half I think is going to be very good, and then second half once the young guys come in, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the pressure. And a little less than four days after DC went in and embarrassed Sporting Kansas City, they go on the road and uh, look a little embarrassed themselves by the LA Galaxy, who just kind of ran all over them. It was nice to see Alan Gordon get a goal. Landon Donovan did score in this one. But uh, Ivis, man, LA Galaxy, that's three wins in a row right now for them. And uh, everything just seems to be clicking for them. They're starting to heat up, folks. LA Galaxy, you, you can never write them off. Uh, and it's crazy when you look at the lineup, right? They to, For them to put a beating on DC. Now, first, let's preface this by saying it's a big ask of any team to to have a two-game road trip, road swing, where they go play in the middle of the week, uh, where they go play on the weekend against Kansas City, in Kansas City, and then have to go all the way to LA. It's not an easy haul. Uh, you know, if you, ha- I'm sure if you ask Ben Olsen going into that uh, road stretch, would he be happy with three points total out of two games? I think he would have taken it. So it was a tough ask, but the Galaxy tore them up, and they did so without Robbie Keane. And the fact that, and the way they were able to really just dismantled DC without their best player was really, really impressive. And Alan Gordon, man, he looks right at home. Yeah, yes, he's he got does. A, he's, he's got he's got a new lease on life. And uh, you know what? Look, nothing against San Jose. Obviously, they won the Supporter Shield a couple of uh, years ago with their whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, late late finishes and late comebacks and all that. And and but when it term, when it comes to attractive soccer, when it comes to build ups and passing and and, and, and quality attack. San Jose hasn't had that. No. And now Alan Gordon goes from that helter-skelter, smash ball type of soccer that he's been playing for a couple of years. Now he's gone to you know a, a more a more diverse attack, a more dangerous attack, and more opportunities are going to come his way. And I think he's he's in prime position to really take full advantage of the minutes that that are there for the taking because you've had other. Uh, you know, other guys, you know, someone like a Rob Friend who didn't take advantage of, of the opportunity when it was there. And our, Alan Gordon, man, he looks like he could end up being that, that an X-factor type that yep. really makes an impact, especially in the playoffs. 
you know, Jossie Zardes is still a little inconsistent, even though he's been lighting it up. He still misses his chances here and there. You know, when's he gonna, do you wonder if he's going to get streaky, if he's going to hit a cold spell before the playoffs? Whatever the case may be, having that extra forward like Gordon is so key. Because, I mean, when you look at a team like Seattle, one of the big uh, – we talk, I, I talked about the last show. One of the pleasant surprises for them has been Chad Barrett, who's really given them that presence off the bench, that, that forward depth. And that's what Gordon gives LA. And I gotta get you know what? Once again, hats off, Bruce Arena, man. He always pulls these ro- these robberies off. And uh, oh, you know, basically, if you're gonna make a trade with LA and and you're about to shake hands on it, you have to look at it and say, yeah, I'm probably losing this trade. Well, Gordon now has two goals in four games, and you know, I think you're exactly right. I mean, Gordon's also a player where he does like the ball on his feet, can't distribute, can't pass. So. Uh, I mean, L.A. Ivis just doing what they do and, and just slowly, quietly climbing up the Western Conference standings. Right, and and I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go – if you're a D.C. fan, I wouldn't get too crazy about this one. Um, but, I, you know, and, and not to stir any trouble up. I'm really not – I know what you're going to say. And nothing against Eddie Johnson. Oh, see, why were you going to do that, Ivis? Come on. What, you, don't but to, you don't need to do is, it. It is interesting. What, that, he, is that inter- he starts and they lose? <laughs> it is interesting that – you know, he's in the lineup and they get blown out. Then he gets suspended for two games and they have two like outstanding performances without him. They they sm- they smoke Colorado four two. They they thrash KC three nil. And then he comes right back and they lose four one. So I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. Man. I, I'm, Stop I'm it! Saying. You're lo- you're looking for controversy where there's none. Take it easy. I mean, look, Eddie, Eddie look, Eddie Johnson scored a goal in this game. I, that should be pointed out, but you just wonder. If there's a dynamic at play here, where the team just plays better without him, and and again, this is a small sample size. It's like you said, it's not necessarily fair to say, oh, because in this five game stretch, they went three and zero, they went two and zero without him in the lineup, and they went zero and three with him in the lineup. Does that mean he they don't need him anymore? I, I'm not going to go that far, but you know, if anything, it should show Eddie Johnson that listen, I better step my game up. Yeah, I better start taking this seriously because I I am not guaranteed a starting job. And they don't need me to win. But I need to make it so that I make the team better. And obviously he's had his struggles. I mean, he did score a goal late in this game. But let's face it, you're, you're, you know, it's a, it was already a blowout. You take it a little bit with a grain of salt. But let's see how he responds now. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he keeps it going uh, now here in this last you know, stretch of games. Uh, you know, D, I don't think DC United fans are going to panic off of this one loss. But no, They shouldn't. Having, right, they shouldn't. But having said that, it does kind of make me wonder if I spoke too soon on oh. putting them in the championship class. I'm just saying, there's well, a there's a class of teams. Why you got to do that? Because now all the DC fans are going to come out and start I hating know, on us. I well, know. Why, come on, what are you? What, are you, what, are, what are you? What are you I, doing? I am speaking truthfully. I am speaking how I feel on the situation, and you know, it, it's it's tough for anyone to go to LA and beat LA, right? It's it's not exactly easy to go there, especially. Uh, you know, midweek game. Yes, it's very difficult. It, 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 you know, to to travel and all that. I get that. I get that. But uh, DC, you got to start put. You got to start putting a run together. You got to show you can win on the road. That and and they showed that against KC. That was a huge win. Huge win. Uh, but now let's see how how they respond here now in these next couple of games. You got the Red Bulls, yes. which is always always an interesting matchup. Then you got Vancouver, who's a dangerous team. And then you get the Red Bulls again. You got Red Bulls two out of the next three weeks. Um, so that's gonna I, I, it's gonna be an interesting one. I, I like DC. I like them more now than I did two weeks ago uh, in terms of s- their upside, their ceiling. But at the same time, maybe this get some people come down who are starting to kind of print you know MLS Cup tickets. Well, okay. Well, speaking of that, when you look at this weekend, 
DC will be hosting uh, the New York Red Bulls. And, I mean, coming off now another short week, I mean, is this, is this an opportunity, Ivis, for New York to come in and, and take some points from DC? Well, DC, uh, I mean, the Red Bulls played the Champions League. That is true. So, uh, well, so, so not, you know, not, played, not, not everyone played in that well, game. Well, I read it play, but, I mean, a lot, a, lot of their, a lot of their guys played. But it, it's tough. Look, it's, it's in DC, which is ne- never, uh, you know, it's not traditionally the Red Bulls have struggled there. And I know because I used to go. I used to make it a regular annual trip. Any any road trip, anytime the Red Bulls played down in D.C., I would go to the game. And it seemed like inevitably D.C. would win every single time. Uh, I'm actually not going to make it this weekend. I'm not making it down to D.C. I got a lot of stuff I got to work on. But for me, I think D.C., you know, I, I'll, I think they're going to win that game. And I think they're going to, you know, as much as they're probably going to be tired from that Wednesday, flight all the way at L.A., flight all the way back, um, I think this is going to be a good test for them. This is going to be a good test of their newly minted SBI championship credentials. Can they get the three points at home? And if they if they win, then yes, you have to kind of maintain them right near the top. And if, but if they lose, and all of a sudden you're like, eh, maybe they're not in that in that elite elite category. Uh, well, Vancouver is going to be at home taking on the Portland Timbers. Vancouver at home, very tough. This is actually a huge matchup this weekend because when you look at the standings, Vancouver is fifth in the Western Conference on 33 points. Portland is sixth with 31 points. I think this is going to be a little bit of a tall task, Ivis, for Portland to go into Vancouver and come back with a victory. I don't see it happening. Why is it a tall task? Because Vancouver is money at home. Portland, Vancouver's midfield looks great. Their forwards look outstanding. I'm just, I'm not high in Portland right now after that loss to Seattle last week. Oh, you, so that that potent Vancouver attack that has been shut out two straight games. You're, you're in love with those guys. Those are just details, dude. Vancouver's back <laughs> at home, man. They got some home yeah. cooking. They've been shut out three of the last four games, but their attack's pretty good. They're they're at home, Ivis. <laughs> Take it easy. Look, hey, I agree with you. They're at home, they're a far different team than they're on the road. They're a much more dangerous team when they get on, when they get up there. Uh, having said that, Portland. I mean, I know it, 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 do not write them off. As I said last show, do not write them off because of the loss to. Seattle, do not write them off. I, I I've been saying it for a while now. I think Portland's going to end up being one of those five teams in the playoffs, and I think it starts with this game. They don't need to win this game, they because you know when you look at the the, the run of games that are left, there's they actually play twice. Vancouver and Portland play twice, and those two games are so huge for the standings, so huge for the race. Portland, I'm sure they look at. I'm not. You're not going to go in saying you want to tie, but if they can get a point in Vancouver this weekend. I think that's a big one for them because they know they get them back at, at Providence Park uh, in a few weeks. And that, and if they can win that one, all of a sudden, they're more than likely locking up the, that, that fifth place. So this is a big game for both those teams. But I think there's more pressure on Vancouver because they got to know. They, if they lose to the Timbers, then you're talking about giving the Timbers momentum when they need it the most right now because, you know, they're coming off the 1-1 draw on the road, the, the 4-2 loss at home to Seattle. Uh, they've only got one win in their last four. They they need the, they they need to get a result. So, if the Timbers happen to win on the road, Vancouver's I, I think they're really going to feel it. Just want to point something out. Vancouver was on the road their last two games. That's why they didn't score. So no, I know that's details. why. As you say, as you say, details. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you don't say it right. It's more like details. That's how you say it. <laughs> oh, that's how you say it. Right. I gotta so teach you, man. You, give, you, give me a score for this game. Give me a score for this game. I don't know. Eight to three. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? Me and you. This is me beating you in FIFA. What are you talking? No. About? Okay. Fine. How about Vancouver two to one? Uh, how about uh, 
Kakuta Mane with the brace in this one. I'm going to go 2-2. Uh, I'm going to go Pedro Morales and Mar Rosales with a goal in his debut. But then the Timbers battle back, and we're going to go with Valerdi, as always, and Fernando Adi off the bench. 2-2, big draw, big point for the Portland Timbers. Oh, we didn't talk about that. That was a great pickup for Vancouver, by the way. What? Uh, bring in Morales. You, so you, you like that You like that pickup? I, th- I think it's a good pickup. I think he's a very good player, and... He did look good for Chivas when he first started there, and I mean, let's face it, it's Chivas. I, I think working with players <laughs> around him that, are, you know, have a little more quality, a little more skill in the ball, guys that can make you know deeper line runs, you know, more threats. You know, I, I think he could thrive in the system, like like, like Eric Torres. That's one guy. <laughs> I know, dude. Come on, why 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 are you busting my balls on obvious stuff? I don't think it's obvious. I don't I don't think it's a gimme that Morrow's Alice is going to go to Vancouver and tear it up. Uh, you know, he's 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 not a kid anymore. Having said that, I do agree. I mean, with the weapons up there, with the speed up there, with uh, can't you know, with his passing, but I, I I'm not sold on him at, on the wing, right? I mean, I think I think he's a little slower than he was. Uh, I think he's a couple steps slower than he was, and um, you know, I think he's maybe a little better suited in the middle. But they have Pedro Morales, so let's see how he works on the wing with that high oct- octane attack they have, and uh. You know, it didn't it, it didn't really cost them anything. So that from that standpoint, I'll give you that. Like uh, Vancouver, they gave up Nigeria Coker, who they weren't really using anymore. Exactly. So, so that's no big loss. But uh, anyone thinking Morrow's house is going to come in there and and, and light it up, it, you know, when he the way he did when he first got to Seattle, I, I think that's a little. I think that's a little far fetched. Well, but he, I think he, he could be useful. He could the, be useful. Look, he, look, look, Rosales had eight assists with Chivas USA. This this you know before he got traded, he had eight. The season before in Seattle, then he had back-to-back 13 assists. So, look, there, he can still dish the ball. Hey, maybe Vancouver needs that, dude. You know? Have a, have an older guy that can come in, dish the ball to some of these younger guys that are flying all over the field. Uh, moving on, Toronto, New England. This is also a big match. New England on the outside looking in Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if Jermaine Jones is playing this weekend. I'm sure you can comment on that one. But, uh, Ivis, let's face it. I mean, Toronto, they, they need to figure something out. They can't keep losing to these teams that they need to beat. And if Toronto, you're, you're going into this game, I mean, this is a game where Toronto, they, they, they have to win this game if they want to convince people that they're playoff, you know, playoff material is the best way to put it. Well, they're going to make the play. I, think, I mean, I think it's a fair uh, – they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think okay. anyone's too worried about Toronto making the playoffs. Um uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Could they fall apart at the end? I mean, anything's possible in MLS, but I, you you do. If you're Toronto, you want a top three spot. You do not want to deal with the wild card, and I think that goes for any of these teams. So, uh, they obviously the dropping the points last week was a huge blow for them, uh, especially when you have New England getting a Jermaine Jones, and all of a sudden, right now, when you look at it, New England's only three points behind Toronto. If New England beats Toronto, they're tied on points. And you have that boost of, of Jermaine Jones. I don't think Jermaine Jones is going to start in this game. Maybe he comes off the bench. Um, but yeah, the Toronto thing is an interesting one because you would you, you feel like they're at times they show their quality, but the consistency is just not there. Uh, with Jermaine Defoe back, if he's if he's closer to one hundred percent, I think that's a big boost. Um, and I think for New England, I think it's going to take a while before we really feel the full effect of Jermaine Jones. I think it's you know. He's probably not going to start in this game. It's going to take him a while to get fit. I mean, you know, he's got to shake the Charlie Sheen partying out of his system. Um, but th- it's a big one for Toronto. They need the three points. New England does not need the three points. 
uh, much like Portland, if, if Toronto can, if New England can get out, get out of Toronto with a point, I think they'll be more than happy with that. Um, but uh, you don't want to lose because if you lose, then that puts you six points behind Toronto. With Toronto with a game in hand, and that just may, may, means one less team that you can realistically try to catch. Seattle will stay at home, will the return home, and uh, host the Colorado Rapids, who uh, lost um, last week. Also, Jared Watts goes down with an injury for them. He's been playing center back for them. So, injury bug returning for the Rapids. And, uh, I mean, Seattle, it just after that showing last week, they just look really good right now. I mean, is there any chance, Ivis, for Colorado to, uh, to come away with at least a point up in Seattle? No, not at all. Zero. Zero zilch. And you know what's funny? Anytime you think that, anytime you think there's they, no they chance. They win. <laughs> in MLS, when you think the team has no chance, they win. It just is funny how it works out. But you know what? This time around, I'm going to say it. They don't have a chance. Their defense is such in such a shambles. Uh, and it's funny, man, because when you looked at that L.A. game, they started it off so well. It was so, such a promising beginning. And it looked like, wow, maybe they'll pull the upset. And uh, But no, man, their defense is just... Without Drew Moore and now Jarrett Watts, who's his backup, is hurt. Yep. Um, you know, now you're getting down. You got it. I gotta believe you give Gale Ogbasumande uh, a chance. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if he if he can't get a sniff now, given those injuries, then I mean, then you might as well just cut him because I mean, he's not gonna get another chance, right? If, if your your starting center back, your backup center backs are hurt, give the kid a chance. Give him a chance to show what he can do. Uh, but it might not. It's not going to matter. I don't think. I think the way Seattle's playing right now, uh, I think they're 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 going to. Cr- personally, I think they're going to run rough shot. I think they're going to put up a four spot, maybe even a five spot. Kansas City will be taking on the Houston Dynamo. Both clubs coming off three goal losses uh, in this match. Ivis, uh, what's the, what's what's the take here, man? Both teams coming off a loss, looking for a victory. Kansas City's at home. Thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, you know, Houston. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, we, we were expecting Houston to, to have that big boost, that big surge. Now, you know, Beasley's hurt. Um, there, it's not quite coming off. Their defense is still an absolute mess. And now they got to go to KC and play a KC team that A is coming off a bad loss and B has a track record of responding very well to bad losses. I mean, Peter Vermees, I'm sure, has a way of letting his team know that you can't let that happen more than once. And uh, usually when they when they uh, give up a bad result, KC bounces right back. And I think they're going to do it here. I think they're going to uh, I think they're going to handle Houston. And I know people who will remember the history, the recent history in recent years of these teams having real battles and, and ha- it always being close. And Houston actually having KC's number, you know, up until last year. But things have changed, man. This Houston team went from a defensive juggernaut to – you know, one of the worst defenses in the league. And KC, you know, uh, uh, Dom Dwyer, the way he's playing, I'm going to have to go KC in a romp. Very sad game this weekend is going to be L.A. and Chivas USA, potentially, Ivis, the last Super Classico between the two teams. Very sad, man. Very sad. <laughs> really? Why is that sad? It's sad, man. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just sad. It's zero sad. The zero it's sad. It's the last one, man. Come on, can, can't you get sentimental? I mean, why? Why it gotta be? Not, it might not be the last one. Well, it could be. It, it could be. It could be, but it, pro- it probably won't be because no one's buying that team yet. So why don't they're we, probably going to be cheapest for another year. Why don't you and I buy the team? Because we don't have we because we have zero money. Between I the guarantee two. you and I could find a couple guys who have a couple million dollars. 
<laughs> really? That's how you roll? Well, you, you, you're rolling with the cul-de-sac set, so you, you probably have... You could yeah, because everyone who lives in a cul-de-sac has money, yeah. Yeah, that's how you get in. That's how you get get to live in a cold side. That's not true. My, my, all right, just talk about the game. <laughs> hey, you know what? Well, when I sell SBI, maybe I can put some money towards uh, towards the team. Good idea. I like that idea. Yes. Yes. Now, if, only, if I had twenty SBIs, maybe I could afford it. Yeah. There you go. All right, but enough. All right, the game Chivas at home. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. I just snorted too. Uh, look, Chivas, let's face it. Galaxy are probably going to put a four spot on them. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Uh, and I don't know what they're doing in Chivas, right? I don't know what they're doing. And not not to give conspiracy theorists any fodder, but a conspiracy theorist could have a field day with the fact that Chivas is making some pretty bad trades right now. And it almost seems like they're just handing out favors to teams that you know want to you know, get rid of players they don't want anymore. You know, Vancouver didn't want Nigel Rio Coker anymore. Chivas USA, sure, we'll take this older guy who's not really helping us for the future, who's an international and who's on money and who's, you know, we don't really need positionally. Sure, we'll take him off your hands. Oh, you want to give us John Kennedy Hurtado, who's really slow and not necessarily better than the guys we already have? Oh, and you want us to give you money for him? Sure, we'll we'll do that. So, like, I did, both for me, both those trades made zero sense to me. If I'm Chivas USA, your season's over. You're in last place. I get it. Yeah. Tech, you're not, you're only only nine points out. Maybe a miracle could happen. But let's face it. You're done. Give the young guys playing time. Give Andrew Jean-Baptiste and Eric Zavaleta. Give them some minutes. Put them in, center de- in central defense. See how they develop. Start building towards the future, looking towards the future. I don't get this whole trading for old guys who are washed up like how does that help you and you're a team that's already out of it for the year i just don't get it i really don't so uh you know I, I, it's gonna be i think it's gonna get ugly i think i think uh, la is gonna you know if whether or not robbie king plays they're gonna blow him out uh real lake's gonna be on the road taking on san jose earthquakes sebastian hame might play in this one he's the newly acquired argentinian striker for Real Salt Lake, uh, San Jose at home always presents its challenges. You know, RSL, it's going to be a very difficult match for them to go to come away with a victory at this one. Yeah, San Jose presented some real challenges to FC Dallas last week. What was the score of that game? Uh, what was the score <laughs> of that game? 5-0. Five, zero. Five, zero. Yeah, it was only 5-0. That was in San Jose. Those are just details, though. <laughs> uh, well, look, it's a man, loss. It, I mean, I look at – see, that's, this is the difference between you and I. You look at it as, like, However you look at it. And I just look at it as it's red. It's a loss. Uh, okay. Now, I'm just saying you were, you were playing it like San Jose's a fortress. It was. That's just that's play. just one match. Plus, I mean, everyone on FC Dallas, I, they, they must have, everyone must have drank Gatorade or, or had their Wheaties before that match. I mean, everyone on FC Dallas in that match was like just, they had like the game. Every Every guy had like the perfect game in that one. All right. Fair enough. RSL, they're going to win. I think they're going to win. I think San Jose's really kind of, they've lost their way. You know, I, don't, I just, I don't know. I, I think they're done. I think they're toast. Uh, and I think RSL's going to go in there and get some points. I think they're going to get all three. I think it's not going to be a blowout. It'll be, we'll, we'll go with a 2-0, 2-0 RSL. Chicago at home, taking on FC Dallas. Uh, does FC Dallas continue the winning ways here, Ivis? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're they're on a roll. They're playing with confidence, and the injuries are a question. The injuries are a, concern, a cause for concern. 
especially defensively. I mean, they're just been decimated. I mean, it's like it's like someone has a voodoo doll that that just injures FC Dallas defenders, uh, and they just keep plugging other guys in, and other and everyone and people just keep stepping up. Um, then you have Chicago, who's you know they've got four wins, but somehow they're kind of in the playoff conversation. Uh, somehow they're only what what is it five points out of the playoffs, uh, which sound might sound like a lot, but it really isn't. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, yes, they are I five think, points. Right, I, I, I don't know. They, they have five, but they have four wins. They have four wins. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they, they got four they wins. got fourteen draws though. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So the, the so those, the are, state, those are those are fourteen valuable points. That's why they're only five points out of the playoffs. They're awful. I'm gonna go with Dallas. I think Dallas wins. I think they keep rolling. Fabian Castillo torches the fire defense. Okay. 3 1. 3 1. Uh, final game. What about you? Who, 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 let's hear your score. What, in this one? Yeah, let's go. I don't know. FC Dallas wins. Hey, what, why Why do I have to predict scores? It's impossible said, to predict scores. You, didn't you just say you wanted people to, like, think you know some stuff? So I, let's go. First, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> what, like, All right. Come on. All right. Saying if you want to be, if you want to like show what you got, then let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna predict scores. So I'm gonna say three one or four one. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, Garrett said four one. He must know. But then what's gonna happen is people are gonna you know assume, you know that I'm I'm, I'm match fixing the games. I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, people, people, you know, some people ask me that stuff. You know, when I'm walking around town in Phoenix, you know, they'd be like, oh, Garrett, what's what's up with this you know U14 <laughs> game? You know, and I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> Like, why don't you have a car? Why are you walking around? No, okay. <laughs> well, first off, you can't walk in Phoenix. You know that. You have to drive everywhere. I know. You're the one who said walking around. That's true. I really don't walk anywhere. Exactly. That's why I was like, really? You walk? Where do you walk? Well, sometimes I, I leave you work. Burst flames. I leave burst work and I walk down to like the gas station, which is probably like about a 20 minute round trip walk, and I pick up like some crack. Cracked pepper, sunflower seeds. And... <laughs> Pick up some crack. <laughs> some crack. It's it's cracked. It's cracked you, pepper. There was it's a cracked... delay there. <laughs> I know. There was a delay there. I, was... I, didn't... <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but the flavor, like, the flavor is cracked pepper. That's what the think... flavor is. <laughs> you had me worried for a second. I was like, oh my god, he's telling the world about his problems. I didn't even know. Flavors cracked pepper. <laughs> Moving on. Montreal's at home. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to people. Listen to the show, and you know someone's gonna someone's gonna cut that part out and make that like a like a gif or or a <laughs> yeah, yeah you know it's like a twenty minute walk and then I go to the go to the gas station and pick up some <laughs> like who does that I love that please somebody. When well, I pa- I okay. I paused on the name. I couldn't remember if it was like crack pepper or crack <laughs> pepper. That's you the paused. flavor. That's the flavor of the sunflower seeds. I'm just telling you what it sounded like. It sounded like you said I'm going every every now and then. I go to the gas station to pick up <laughs> some crack. Like, come on, what is wrong? Like, hey, listen, man, you can come to me. We're I, I think we're friends. So if you have a problem, like, I don't think you know, we're friends. I got, I got you. I got. We are. We no, are. we're not. You just used me to record the show. Everyone that's knows how, that. That's how it started. That's how it started. But now we have a bond. Let's be honest. That is true. I, you know, I actually, you know, it is weird. Is I know you well enough. Where we've only hung a couple times, but like I know you just based off your G chat responses or your Skype or your text. And I'm like, oh great, I was in this crap mood today. I just, I know you so well now. It is weird. <laughs> I'm. A, oh man, you're never gonna live that one down. No. You know you, and now you can't edit it out because now we've had a. Whole I know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> first off, I don't edit. I edit. Ninety nine point nine percent of the show makes it. <laughs> okay, you know it does. 
I don't know if that's true because the times you've forgotten to edit, there's been a lot of things. So I think people are aware that it's more than, you know, it's less than nine. Well, sometimes, before. sometimes. I mean, the only thing that really doesn't make the show is like the 30-minute conversation we had before we record where that would make the show like definitely like rated R NC-17. Yeah, that would be that would not be good. Yeah, one of those days. We, well, first, we, you and I can never air any of that stuff. <laughs> that's that's never gonna. It's happen. bar conversation. If anyone's wondering, just catch Ivis and I at a bar, and I guarantee we'll be having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, hey, come hang out with us. And, hang out with us at MLS Cup. And, yeah, and we'll, we'll have a good time. Uh, final, Where, wherever wherever that may be. Final game of the weekend. <clears throat> Hopefully, LA, LA, so it's warm and I can drive there. Uh, Montreal hosting you, Columbus and you, Crew, and you can get some crack. <laughs> yeah, I can get some crack. Uh, Ivis. Columbus, man, huge opportunity for them to go on the road and uh, come back with three points and, and continue to climb up that playoff ladder in the Eastern Conference. Big opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they should win this one. I mean, it's it's so tricky in MLS because it, 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 you, you'll, you'll get a good team against a bad team, but the good team's on the road, and, and just the road factor is a bigger factor than, than you realize. Um, and, and, you know, Montreal, they're a little tricky team. They've got some good attacking players. If DeVaio's healthy... He's a handful. Obviously, Jack McInerney can give you some issues, and now their their designated player that they've added, Piatti, uh, uh, you know, Piatti, he can he can do some things as well. So, but their defense, their defense, the way Columbus is playing now that they've got some other guys contributing to the attack. When you want to talk about Justin Merriman, the form the forms he's on, and obviously Federico Higuain uh, being who he is. I think Columbus should keep it rolling, and it's I, I I I'm wary of picking road teams in so many of these games because picking road teams in MLS regular it's it's a losing proposition. But I just based on these matchups, uh, you know Montreal's defense I think is a, is just a mess, and I think Columbus the way their attack is going, I got to go with Columbus Crew. Now having said that, I think now we'll, we'll see because I think Montreal has enough weapons where they're going to test that Crew defense and see how that Crew defense handles uh, not having Gio Gonzalez now that they've sold him to Palermo. They still have Michael Parkers. He's obviously a quality defender. But I think when it's all said and done, they're going to miss Gio Gonzalez. And when it's all said and done, I think selling him is going to end up costing them. Uh, I don't know if it knocks them completely out of the playoffs, but I think they're going to definitely finish lower than they would have if they had been able to keep him. Uh, Keeping it Major League Soccer news, the Philadelphia Union went out, Ivis, and announced four candidates for the possibility of becoming the head coach of the Philadelphia Union. Those guys are current interim head coach Jim Curtin, Jesse March, uh, former Montreal Impact head coach, Tony Miola, and John Harks. Uh, Kind of interesting that the Philadelphia Union would go out and name these four guys, especially when Jim Curtin's done a pretty decent job in Philadelphia. That he has, that he has, no question about it. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the... I don't know what the motivation is behind this. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, the candidates, because, I mean, what you've been hearing out of Philly for some time from Nick Zikiewicz is, is that, you know, there, there's like this international search and there's going to be big names and there's going to possibly some European influence. But, I mean, we, you know, I guess at the end of the day, he he realized what most people are already or he, he was reminded of what most people are already aware of, that it's tough. The track record of coaches coming into MLS and having success when they don't have a background in the league is there's it's almost non-existent. I mean, everyone talks about Gary Smith uh, winning MLS Cup with Colorado as as kind of that example of someone who wasn't uh, someone with prior MLS experience. But you know, let's not forget that Colorado team wasn't exactly a great team. 
that Colorado team in today's format, in today's playoff format, does not make the playoff. Like they're not, you know, they're not necessarily in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that that one's a little misleading. But the the the, the history books of MLS are filled with foreign coaching failures. So it, it's good to see uh, uh, Philadelphia kind of focus on some American options. And obviously, people know the names Miola and Harks. Do I think those two have a realistic chance of being hired? I personally don't think so. I don't think, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure Sakevich is interested in those guys. But when it when it comes down to it, Jim Curtin is doing great. He's He's been outstanding since he took over. He's got him in a cup final. He's got him pushing for a playoff spot. They're one point out of the playoffs right now, Philadelphia. So they're in pretty good position right now to have themselves a pretty special year. Uh, which was looking pretty bad before they, they made the coaching change. I think it's going to be between Curtin and Jesse Marsh. Um, Jesse Marsh, who's got some local ties. Obviously, he played at Princeton. He, he not too far away from the uh, where the Union are based. Um, so uh, you know what? If, if my money right now. They, I mean, two. What is it? Two, four, six. They've only lost one of their last six. Philly. They're doing really, really well. I'm going to go Jim Curtin. I'm going to say Jim Curtin ends up keeping this job. Well, yeah, Spe- that, that's what I don't get. Why? Why he's first up? He's gone four, two, and three since he took over. Philadelphia before he took over only had three wins under John Hackworth. And uh, to me, I, I, it just seems weird that they would announce it when he's when he's done a good job and, and kept them in the playoff race. It just seems very strange. I feel like well, it's almost like a little disrespectful. Nah, I mean, well, you know, I get what? it, the, but to me, it's, the end of the I, day, I, it rubs had- me the wrong way. At the end of the day, he's still an experience, and I think even he knows that he doesn't have the experience of uh, of a. Je- I mean, Jesse Marsh has has more coaching experience than he does, so you can't really begrudge uh, the union if they're looking at some more experienced options. And 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 Curtin's job is not done. Curtin, I think, if Curtin finishes this year, if they win the Open Cup, if they get in the playoffs, it's his job. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't see how it could not be his job. Mm-hmm. If they if they win an if they win an Open Cup, if they win the U.S. Open Cup final. Or and or if they you know make the playoffs, you got to keep them. I think you have to keep them. I think that considering where, like you said, where they were when they made the change to where they are now, night and day, night and day. And he got he's got to get some credit for that. We talked I will about, say here's ahead, another sorry another interesting point. Yes, that uh, and again, this is just me saying that they're the top two candidates. Maybe other people will disagree, but I'm just going to say Curtin and Marsh are the top two candidates. It is interesting that they're both kind of cut from the Bob Bradley coaching tree in a way. Obviously, Jesse Marsh, Jesse Marsh was uh, you know Bob Bradley's assistant before uh, he played for Bob Bradley, uh, and, and now you have uh, Jim Curtin, for, who for the younger crowd won't remember, but Jim Curtin was a you know a quality center back for the Chicago Fire under Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley drafted him. And really, you know, helped turn him into a really solid uh, center back in the league. And and now he's done a great job as a coach. So you got to give Bob Bradley a little credit for for once again having that influence on the coaching. Uh, we talked about this on the last show, and it looks like people are paying attention. Las Vegas has approved the possibility of building an MLS stadium if the city is approved for a major league soccer team. So imagine, Ivis, you and I tearing up. The strip. How great does that sound? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if Vegas gets a team, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a road trip a lot of MLS fans are gonna find a way to make. Yeah. Uh and you know what? I might just have to move there. I don't know. But then again, I think I'm gonna you retire. Don't wanna, from... You don't wanna move to Vegas. I know, I know. Vegas, hey, no offense. Vegas. Vegas is Vegas is ugly, man. 
<laughs> the mountains aren't even beautiful around Vegas. It's oh, look at you, mountain snob. <laughs> what is that? This is, this is Southwest elitism right here. Vegas yes. is the mountains are gross. Throw up puke city. No, sorry, <laughs> sorry if you listen to Vegas, listen to this show. Let's face it, your mountains Hercules, aren't even that nice. Hercules Gomez is gonna find you and beat. Please, you. someone from Colorado, they could be like, "Well, your mountains suck too." In Arizona, well, you know what they do. So there you go. <laughs> I don't. We don't have these kind of conversations where I'm from. No, you don't. No, you don't. But this my is mount, this is a typical. My mountains are better than your mountains. <laughs> this is a typical Arizona conversation. I, I kid Hard, you not. Hard scrabble life. In yeah. Arizona. It's, it's difficult, man. There's cacti everywhere, and there's snakes and javelinas. I mean, it's rough living out here. Mountain envy apparently yeah. is a big thing there. Yeah. So what were we talking about again? Uh, Vegas get getting a possible four hundred and ten million dollar major league soccer stadium. They won't. Uh, if you're asking me, do I think they'll get a team? I don't think. I don't see in my lifetime Las Vegas having an MLS team. I will be more than happy to say I was wrong if it happens. I just don't see it happening. I'm in the same boat you are. I just. It'd be cool to see a professional team actually play in Las Vegas. Other it would than, not be other cool. than, other be than, hot as hell. Other than the degrees. other than the XFL team that played there. So I don't know. I, I give yeah. it. What do you give it? Ten percent. It's going to be 130 degrees in the shade in the summer. It's the first off, it's not even that hot in the desert. I don't get why. Oh, here we go. All right, oh, we're talking about something else because we need to wrap up the show here soon. <laughs> Because right. um, I, I got stuff I gotta do tonight. <laughs> like go watch Arizona State football. Shout out right there. Um, let, let, let it go, Garrett. All right, take it easy. Uh, Champions League draw came out today. Anything surprise you, Ivis? Uh, no, not really. Uh, it, it, actually, I thought the uh, the the groups were pretty well balanced. Um, you, you obviously mm-hmm. had. I mean, I think the Bayern, Man City, Roma groups pretty tough. I think Chelsea got themselves a sweetheart of of a draw. And the, the once again PSG and Barcelona uh, doing battle. I think that's going to be fun to watch one more time. Um, so there's some good matchups there. I'm looking forward to seeing Real Madrid and Liverpool go at it. Um, so it was a good draw. It was a good draw. I, you know, I, if you're Man City, you're probably thinking, man, like, why do we? we bad enough we can't get into pot one. When, you, know, <laughs> you know, we're still working our way up the pots. But then you know we get once again drawn into a, a killer group. Yeah. Um, I think they'll make it out. I mean, Roma, Roma's a good team, no doubt about it. But, you know, they just sold their best defender, Benadia. Uh, and, you know, there's talk of potentially them selling Mattia Destro, who's, you know, one of the best attacking players, uh, arguably the best attacking player. So if they sell him, then it's it'll be a little better chance. But I think City has has what it takes this time around to finally get over that Champions League home. Yeah, that was kind of my take on on the whole draw. I mean, it, there's really no – I mean, that, that Group B, which they're in with Bayern Munich uh, – Manchester City, you know, CSK Moscow and, and Roma. I mean, that, that I, I, it looks like the toughest group just kind of like looking at everything right here. But, uh, you know, it's for the most part, I mean, it looks it looks pretty even. You know, you don't have really two like super groups. I mean, it's, it's going to be nice to see Real Madrid take on Liverpool. That's that that'll be good. So there's, there's, there's going to be some good matchups. Right. In terms of the, the toughest, the group with the toughest three teams, you got to go group E with um, Bayern Man City and Roma. If you want to talk about a group where there's four teams that are going to just battle it out, I think Group C actually, uh, Benfica, Zenit, Bayer Leverkusen, and AS Monaco. I mean, that's four. You know, any any team out of that group can make it out. Any team out of that group could end up going home. Um, so I actually, I think that's going to be a fun group to watch. And how about this? How about we we, we didn't talk about this because uh, it happened uh, after the last show, but uh, Luda Goretz. Uh, is in the Champions League. 
Um, oh, that was great. Group stage after having a field player step in and play goal after the goalkeeper was red carded. And then he, he, he not only does he convert a penalty kick, then he saves two penalties yeah. to send his team through and to eliminate the arch rival, Stau Bucharest, of his former uh, of his former the team that he played for for seven years. So uh, I, I, th- I mean, amazing stuff. Um, and what do they get for their reward on top? Well, they, first of all, they get a pile of cash. For making it to the Champions League group stage, I think it's like fifteen or twenty million dollars. So, uh, Cosmimoti is a hero uh, now with his club team, and he's he's a hero in Romania as well. Um, but their reward for that, they get Group B with Real Madrid and Liverpool. So, congratulations! There you go. Uh, who is your giant killer this year? I mean, all these teams are very good, so it seems very strange to say that. But kind of, you know, who's the team that you see upsetting some of the bigger boys? Um. Let's see here. I mean, Basel is gonna is gonna do some things. I mean, uh, they could maybe knock off Liverpool. They could surprise Liverpool. Um, it, it, it's a really it's a balanced group. It's a uh, let's see, Group you know, H. There's always one team that can just kind of like overnight becomes you know everyone you know this you know the team like how the hell did they beat that team? Well, maybe Roma knocks off City. Maybe that'll surprise some people. I mean, I think Roma's a known quantity just to, to some degree, but. Uh, Athletic Bilbao is a team that I think I can see qualifying to the next round. Uh, you know, I think they, they, they're a quality team. They, they beat Napoli to, to qualify, so you know that, that's obviously no, no easy shakes. But uh, yeah, I'm looking there. Basel, I think Basel has shown that they can be a surprise, even though they've sold off some of their top guys uh, recently in recent years. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna have any, uh, you know, like recent years where Man U was upset by Basel. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if Luda Goretz has another upset in him. And we have reached the SBI Q&A. Remember, everyone, you can always ask Ivis and I questions on Twitter using hashtag AskTheSBIShow at any time. We always check, so you don't have to wait for Ivis or myself to tweet it out. First question comes from Eric Fox. Who would you like to see move to Western Conference following Major League Soccer expansion? Eastern Conference, very weak if supporting Kansas City leaves. Well, MLS is not going to move Sporting Kansas City out west. Uh, the sense I get, the sense that I've gotten for a while is that we're going to see uh, Houston uh, move out west. And actually, something else to consider is the possibility of of, uh, of three conferences. Uh, if you if you get you think about next year, you have twenty one teams. You could have three seven team conferences. It's something to think about. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. But at a certain point, you have to wonder, does MLS start considering that, especially when you think about trying to balance schedules out and, and, and also reducing travel a bit? Uh, if you had an east, a central and a west, uh, you know, I think that that might might help in certain ways. But maybe that's something for down the road once you get once the league gets to 24 teams and, you, and then you can talk about eight teams per conference. And then yeah. you have to then you have to talk about, you know, uh, uh, playing a, a playoff where it's not conference champs. And then you have every, you know, all the teams in, in the same kind of bracket, uh, like it used to be, uh, you know, where you, where you have the teams seeded one through eight or one through however many uh, make it into the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I don't think KC is not. I, I don't see KC going east at all. Yeah, that's the other thing you have to think of. If you do rearrange the conferences, you know, you have to think for the future because you don't want to do something. Then the year after, you have to do something else, and you have to. I mean, you always well, have to plan for the future, you know. MLS has done that before, so we can't. Well, we can't, I know, but uh, the, the leagues. I mean, I guess you'd hope that the league is 
little more forward thinking now. I guess. No, I, I think I think we could definitely see a move that is only kind of a two year fix. That's I think, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think that you're going to see most likely you're going to see Houston uh, Houston go west uh, with the two new East teams, and then maybe once you get to 24 teams. Then you have three A-team conferences. Next question comes from Jim Wynn. Which of these uncapped players has the most potential? Okay, uh, Garrett, I think you need some coffee because I can hear you falling asleep over there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I hear, dude, we can hear you yawning. Like it's, <laughs> I, I know it's uh, you know, it's 1130 where you are, man. You should not be this sleepy. Well, <laughs> It's all the alcohol you had at the, football, at the Arizona State football yeah, game. Yeah, for everyone knows that we won't tell you what time, what part of the show we paused. I went to a football game and then came back. No one needs to know this stuff. but He might be a little buzzed still from the tailgate. I had a few beers. <laughs> Uh, most upside. That's a that's a, such a tough question. Uh, I mean, you can throw darts at the board and, and start talking about these young guys and what they could do potential wise. Emerson Hyman, obviously, he's been you know he's someone who's everyone's been tracking since he was 13, 14 years old. He's he's a, a quality talent. Still has a long way to go, but uh, he's someone who's intriguing. And I tell you what, Jordan Morris, the college kid. Uh, everyone's gonna call him the college kid. Cause, you know, people who don't know who he is. I've heard nothing but great things about him for a while now, and you know I've 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 been told that he could actually play and start for some MLS teams already. But you know he's chosen to stay in school, earn that degree from Stanford, uh, and he knows a pro career is waiting for him. So uh, I tell you what, either the, either of those two, obviously Rubio, Ruben, and other, all the teenagers basically have have great upside. Uh, but I tell you what, Joe Jow is is a player who I've been waiting to see breakthrough. It's been it's taken him a while, but when you think of when with the speed and one on one ability that he has, he's just a different he's just a different kind of player than we've seen in a U.S. uniform in a long time. And I think if he if he figures things out and if he gets it together, he could be he could be a breakout player. Well, I'm Ahmed K. will piggyback off of that. He asks who are you most excited to see in the upcoming game. So minus George Jow, who else do you want to see, Avis? Who, who are you excited to see? Well. Joe, Joe Jow, I don't know. If I'm excited. I'm not going to say I'm excited to see anybody, but I'm interested to see Joe Jow. Um, I don't think, like I said, like like we said earlier in the show, uh, you know, I don't think the younger guys are going to play that much. Um, I just don't see it happening. But someone like Joe Jow, someone like Alfredo Morales, who who has has been playing regularly mm-hmm. in Germany and in, in Bundesliga too, he's a versatile player. When you look at the roster, uh, you know, he can play defensive midfield, and it looks like with this roster he could end up starting in this game. He's someone that, you know, people haven't had a chance to see much of. Uh, I'm interested to see him. You know, he's, uh, for those who don't know, he's actually half Peruvian. Uh, interesting story with him. I believe he's half Peruvian, half I think half El Salvadorian. And his father, who is Peruvian, actually lived in America, moved to America, and then joined the Army when he was in America uh, and gained his citizenship that way, and that's how that's how Morales ended up being eligible uh, to play for the U.S. So yeah, a little interesting backstory with him. I'm interested to see him him in a U.S. uniform, and not just because he's Peruvian. Next question comes from Todd Starker. He asks, "Can anyone stop the crew shot of the cup with a late run?" Uh, no, I I I don't see them as a, as a real cup contender. They've been great lately. They've really lit it up, but I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm not sold yet. I, I need to see a little more. Obviously, when you beat a team like LA the way they did, uh, that definitely turns heads. But I, you know, that the the whole losing Gio Gonzalez is huge for them. It really is. And I know they turned around and they won three zero their next game, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe they 
they can get by without him. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I think I think they'll get into in, they'll get into the playoffs, obviously. But I just don't see them having that fire. I don't see them when you want to talk about head to head against a DC or a Sporting KC. I don't see them getting out of the East, let alone uh, beating one of the powers in the West for the MLS Cup. Uh, next question comes from Nate Bowling. Morris is an academy product and current Sounders U twenty three er. But what happens if he goes abroad for first contract? Well, he. I, don't, I mean, I don't really get the question. Uh, I don't well, know I think the, he's wondering if Seattle owns his rights. Is, is what it, I no, think Nate it, is asking here. That does that is not how it works. Um, just, just because you're in. See, the interesting thing, the different thing about uh, develop uh, youth development, player development in America as opposed to the rest of the world is uh, youth teams or the clubs that develop young players, youth players, uh, do not get development uh, fees. They don't yep. get uh, you know those kind of rights like you see in the rest of the world. Mm. Uh, and basically it's because there's, there's laws in America that prevent that sort of uh, binding uh, uh, you know, rights to, 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 to young players, you, you're basically children. You know, an organization slash company can't make money off of children that it does not have under contract. So, you know, someone like Jordan Morris, he's obviously in college. So, you know, he's not he doesn't have a contract with Seattle. Uh, He could choose to sign with Seattle. But as I said earlier, everything I've heard is that, you know, he wants to stay in school. He wants to, you know, get his degree. You know, his father's a doctor. So, uh, you know, obviously education is important to him. But then again, if he keeps if he keeps just turning heads, and if Europe comes calling and, and a big offer comes his way, I, I personally I, I think could, I could definitely see him go to Europe. And unfortunately for MLS, there's nothing they can do about that. There's nothing that Seattle does not get a cut of any of any money. That's just how it is, and it works both ways because MLS benefits from that as well. Because a lot of times you're having uh, you know players who were part of other youth academies who end up in MLS academies. And I mean that would open a Pandora's box of issues. Yeah. Uh, with, with all these different players who started out at one youth club and then ended up at an MLS academy. I mean, I'm sure you know. Obviously, I'm sure you're aware of that from all the the kids who have come through the RSL academy. They surely didn't all start in the RSL academy. So there's that kind of stuff to think about. So no, that that there is nothing. Seattle will get nothing if Morris goes to Europe. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting, and, and I know. What Nate's asking here, because this is something that I think we're going to see in the future as the academies start to develop players, I and mean, we're starting to see a lot of these guys make the transition to the MLS reserve games, and then you know you got to assume eventually that that all the MLS teams will do USL pro teams. These guys will be picking up there, so it, I get Nate's question. It's it's going to be interesting to see kind of the next five years how kind of a lot of this plays out. Jay Angel asks, can Louis Van Hall solve Di Maria match a problem? Can those two play together when injured? Come back. Will four through three work better? I don't think I don't see the issue there. I, I don't. I don't think Di Maria and Mata are necessarily the same kind of player. I think they can both play. They can both be in the field. I don't think uh, that's an issue at all. Whether you play four two three one and have Mata central, uh, Di Maria wide, or even if you go four three three, have Di Maria as a wide forward and have uh, Mata be one of the midfielders. Uh, it, it's not a. I don't see it as a problem. I don't. I don't even know why why that's an issue. And then let's face it, Louis Van Hall, pretty sharp guy. He, he If he plans on keeping Mata, I think he'll find a way to get those guys on the field together. Uh, next question comes from Joe Tumba. Who is a worthy successor to Landon Donovan in the number 10 shirt this cycle? Uh, I don't know, man. That's, a, that's an interesting question. They, 
I don't know if anyone's worthy. I don't know if that's a good word to use. Uh, there, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of skilled talent coming up the pipeline. And to put anyone to put that tag on anyone is unfair, really. But if you're asking someone who could develop into an impact player, uh, kind of like Donovan, it's tough to say. I mean, Harrison Ship has some qualities that I like that I see in him. I mean, he's 22. He's still young. He can kind of be an impact guy. Um, but really, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, there's not. There's no one really like Donovan. I mean, I mean, as I mentioned, Joe Zhao. Joe Zhao, not to say that he's like Donovan, but when you want to talk about a speed player, someone that if he can really figure things out, I mean, he has the tools to be a special player. And much like Donovan, he's he's started out uh, in the youth ranks in Germany. He's he's been working his way up in Germany. Um, you know, he got his first professional appearances for Hoffenheim last season uh, at a pretty young age. So. Now he's at Dortmund. Uh, he's with their second team, uh, learning in a pretty damn good system there. When you think about uh, Jurgen Klopp and, and the Dortmund system, he's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, I really, I really think he's still kind of flown under the radar for the most part among American fans. But if he gets his opportunity, I really think he could be a star. Next question comes from Craig J. Craig Smith. Why is Will Packwood not playing? Any information? Also, is Eric Lehigh on the Klinsman blacklist? Uh. Well, I'll tell you what, I was a little surprised by the Packwood thing because, you know, he was a starter. Obviously, he had the, the broken leg. He recovered from that. He worked his way back. Last season, he was a starter for Birmingham City, and he did pretty well the uh, second half of last season. Uh, and obviously, Klinsman saw saw enough progress there to call him up last year for the Cypress friendly. Um, but, you know, he he's still a young player. And, you know, I think Birmingham City wants him to get regular playing time to continue to develop. And I think with some of the moves they made, they saw him maybe not necessarily getting enough steady playing time to start the year. So they have him working his way up. He's playing with the U21s at Birmingham City. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that he's still a quality prospect and he did impress last year. But I think maybe some of the uh, some of the additions that Birmingham City made uh, made him a little expendable for the first team right now. Uh, doesn't mean you throw him out. Uh, doesn't mean he's still not a good prospect. I think at his age, uh, as far as center back prospects go in the U.S. pool, he's still one of the top ones for my money. So you know, I think I think I don't think people should get get too worried about it. I think I still think he's in Birmingham City's plans. Next question comes from Nate Beckman: Is it time to modify, eliminate the expansion draft, reduce number of draft spots for every player already signed? No, that's just dumb. Like it's part of the deal. You have expansion teams come in. You got to give up players. It's it's unfortunate, but it, no, it doesn't need to change. It ha- it's just part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. Suck it up. Your team, if you you know, good teams, deep teams are going to lose some talent. That's been the case forever. There's really, I really don't see a point now, a reason now why it, 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 there'd be a change. I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't really see why anyone would would think that, oh, you know, now... Like, now you have two teams coming next year. So, yes, uh, MLS teams are probably going to lose two players apiece. Uh, good teams. Teams that have... Quali- the first thing you have to have is the depth to make people want your players. And, obviously, the person that asked this question looks like he's a Columbus Crew fan. Oh, why do you uh, have to do that? Come on, be nice. What did I say? I'm pointing out the guy's a Crew fan. So, obviously, he thinks, oh, we're going to lose... Uh, our t- our our talent and it's like you know what I, they don't, I don't have any <laughs> no no they're playing well what are you talking about because see you're the one taking shots at them <laughs> they're they're a good they're a good team but I I don't think they're 
when you think about the teams that really need to worry about the expansion draft or who are really going to feel the pinch of the expansion draft, I don't know if Columbus would be near the top of the list for me. Uh, you know, when you talk about sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake, L.A. Galaxy, yes. Seattle, uh, those teams have depth and those teams have bench guys that, are good. that, could, that could start it for other teams. Yeah. So those are the teams that really are going to feel the pinch. When you think about Columbus, uh, I, I mean, yeah, they, they've got some quality, but uh, they don't have 15 guys that everybody wants on their team. I, I mean, that's just keeping it real. So if you, as a crew fan, just speaking directly to the guy who asked this question, I wouldn't worry too much if I were you. I still think you're, you know, does, NYCFC is not going to get Justin Merrim. They're, they're not going to get Ethan Finley. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. Ray asks... Will the Revs have a soccer stadium ready for Jones to play in by the time his contract is up? <laughs> well, if Jones had a 10-year contract, maybe. <laughs> but unfortunately, he only has a one-and-a-half-year deal uh, guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to – Jermaine Jones answer will not. Is no, Ray. Sorry, buddy. No, no shot. No shot. Uh, and then Joey Redman asks, House of Cards or Game of Thrones? That is a tough one. That is such a tough one. I don't. I don't know if I can even call it. It's a toss-up. It really is. Um, I think because I m- saw Game of Thrones more recently, I'm going to say Game of Thrones. But I love House of Cards, man. And and it, it, the funny thing about House of Cards is because it drops on Netflix, you binge on it, right? You binge on it, and, and then it's gone. And then you have to like wait around for it. And, and I feel like it's been forever since that ended. Whereas you know Game of Thrones, we just we just finished the season uh, you know a month ago, so uh, before the World Cup or during the World Cup actually. So I'm gonna go Game of Thrones by nose. I can't comment. I don't, I don't watch either of the shows. You don't watch TV. You watch uh, you know Backyardigans and uh, Dora the Explorer. What's Backyardigans? I don't even know what that is. How do you know <laughs> what that is? It's kid shows. They're my my kid. I have. Kids. Aren't your kids old enough to shouldn't they nap? Isn't that like Nick Junior stuff? Well, that's stuff they used to watch. So now all my kids are about now is uh, uh, Minecraft and, and YouTube Minecraft videos and, and all that. All wait, that wait, stuff. wait, wait. They watch videos of people playing Minecraft? It's 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 a phenomenon I wish I understood. I don't, I don't get my, What is Minecraft? I really don't. I don't understand it. Well, basically, well, I'm not going to get into what the game is. I mean, basically, you build worlds. You build like so, cities and civilizations and whatever, whatever. But then there's these people who make videos of the of of the gameplay and and then they they like say funny stuff along with it and i and it's not just for minecraft i mean they do this stuff for for uh, for for you know fifa call of duty there there's people who kind of just you know use the games and, and turn it into kind of a, a variation of entertainment yeah and, like that ksi and, guy for fifa Exactly. Same idea, except for video, except for, you know, like different kind of non-sports games. And I, I mean, there's when it comes out to it, there's just people who sit on YouTube all day and watch videos. Kids do this. Kids. I mean, that's how you get these videos that are like five million views, three million views. And it's like it, you'll look at it. and It'll be like the dumbest thing ever. And you're like, why are people watching this? But you know what? A lot. You got a lot of kids and you got a lot of people bored at work. Who have the kind of jobs where they have to sit around and kill time, uh, and so they watch these videos. So Minecraft, like you build stuff, is that? I mean, I, I've tried. I, I, I will say I haven't really tried to figure it out, but I, it, yeah, I mean, you pretty much build things from scratch. Like you build your little house, and and, and I, I don't, I couldn't really. Isn't explain that it to called you. like Roller Coaster Tycoon or something? Like that game was sick. That's a good yeah. game. 
Well, instead of building roller coasters, you or like build... Sim City, like that's yeah, a good game. It, it's kind of like that. I mean, for me, Civilization was my game. Yeah, uh, I loved it, I, and I wish I could play it again. I don't. If I had a if I had a PC, I would probably play Civilization at least a, like once a year just to just to do it. But I need you need like a few days to play because it's it takes sucks your life away. But no, nah, man, kids are playing Minecraft like it's uh, going out of what style. What happened, and... dude? I feel like we grew up. I mean, you're a little older than me, but like. I mean, I grew up playing, like, Age of Empires. That was good. Or, like, Diablo, the original. Then Diablo 2. Like, those were good games. Like, what is this? I don't get this Minecraft thing. Uh, I, I can tell you. But it's simple enough, man. Like, you kids, you four, five, six years old can play it. So, I mean, it's, there's something about it. It's addictive. Crazy. Crazy. I don't know what else to say, man. It's a different world. It's a different world, Ivis. Let's move on. Uh, well, that's it, man. That, that ends the Q&A. There's no more questions. There's no more questions. There's no All more right. there's no more questions that are worthy to be read on the show. Fair enough. Um So that's it, man. Before we wrap up the show, man, I mean anything else we need to talk about? <laughs> we can keep talking video games if you want. <laughs> no, that's alright, man. You I think you sound like you need some sleep. So no, I'm f- I'm awake. Hour. What are you talking about? I'm awake. This is the blandest end of a show we've no, ever it's, had. Uh, no, it's not. You should you should hear your voice. Your voice has none of the excitement it had at the beginning. Oh, that's because I'm trying to. The football know. game. The football game took the life out of you. Let's just admit that. Not really. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we played this, you know, cupcake slack D1 school. So I mean, I didn't. Get, I didn't get too excited for it. I mean, let's let's be honest. You're there just to check out the coeds. You're not really there for the God, football. I, thank God my door <laughs> shut. I want to I forgot how good. <laughs> I, I I forgot how good looking girls, college girls are. I, I will I will say that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and at Arizona State. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt I felt old, man, walking around. I'll say that. I'm sure you did. Uh, Ari- so now here's the here's the question: Arizona, yeah. better looking girls, Arizona State or UCLA? Mm. I'll See, tell you what. It's it's it's, it's, been, di- it's a different type of girl, though. I'm sure. I'm sure. But we'll we'll change the subject before we get ripped for being uh you know chauvinist pigs and, and everything. But uh yeah, man, it's uh you know. You know what? Speaking of colleges, and we, we, we're going to have to touch on this just a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm about to pull an, all, an all-nighter uh, getting all of our, our college preview stuff uh, posted on SBI for Friday. But Friday marks the kickoff of the college soccer season. Yes. And I know a lot of people uh, don't follow the college game, aren't that interested in the college game. But it still serves its purpose when you, you when you as a fan of pro soccer, you, you want to see some up, you know, you want to see who the up and coming prospects are, who the guys that your team might be drafting next year. If you're an MLS fan, uh, you know the college game is still, you know, it still has its place in the whole process. And you know uh, what's interesting is that there's more and more games on where you can see whether it's online. Whether it's on TV, and there's some good teams. There's some good teams and some really good players. Uh, I will admit that the the talent pool overall, when you want to talk about draft prospects, is down this year. But there's definitely uh, a good number of players who are going to be able to help teams next year. And also, there's a bunch of homegrown players, uh, MLS homegrown players who are currently playing in college, who you're going to want to look out for. Just like Jordan Morris, who's a Seattle Sounders homegrown player. He's at Stanford, and now he's been called up to the U.S. national team. So. Uh, I think maybe that'll spark some interest in some people who will say, hey, maybe there's some talent in college. And, you know, for those of you who don't follow SBI too closely, I- I've kind of made the, the the MLS draft has kind of been my thing.
for for like eight years now, you know, following it closely, trying to project the top players, top prospects, and uh, we'll have all that on SBI. We'll have previews uh, on some of the top teams in the country, some of the top players in the country, and also I'll have my MLS draft prospects rankings as well as the SBI College Soccer Top 25. We'll be dropping all of that on Friday. So if you're interested, definitely check out SBI, uh, and you'll be able to see all of that. What about my boys? Are they going to be rated pretty high? Who's your boys? Oh, you know who they are. I don't know who your boys. My boys, dude. Brody, Riggs Lennon. Come on, man. Uh, well, we're. I'm not doing homegrown player rankings just yet. I mean, I might throw together a homegrown homegrown list, and all the RSL Academy guys will probably be on it. But <laughs> the, the focus, I think that you know, I think you know, people want to know who the who the prospects are that their teams could be drafted next year, and 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 we'll have we'll have that list as we do every year. And you know what? If you if that's not that interesting, if the college game is kind of like whatever to you, you can always go in our archives and look at our past projections. Our pat like. You can go back to like 2009, 2010, and see who we had uh, being the top prospects, and and it'll be interesting. Obviously, we're we're right on with some, we're missed the mark on others. I think that goes with anybody, whether you're you know a GM in MLS or if you're you know someone like me who who puts these lists together. So what about you know. uh, Robbie Cristo? Is he the top guy? What? <laughs> oh, wasn't that? Didn't someone ask this question in the Q and A? Yeah, yes, it was Chris Co. Is what he asked. Ask me. You know what? Ask the question. Uh, I actually answered it. Uh, the question was, it was look, he asked you and I. There was no hashtag. He didn't use the hashtag. So, I mean, Dr. Diggs, come on, bro. You got to use hashtag. So, you're, you're getting a waiver right now. But he asks, Roberto Cristo is too good for college. Why is he not getting paid for what he's currently doing? Then you responded, if you mean Robbie Cristo saying he's too good for so- college soccer is a major stretch. So, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to address this is because there was an article written. Uh, basically, the premise was why does MLS not allow underclassmen to go into the draft uh, unless they're Generation Adidas? And I mean, I personally didn't agree with the premise at all. And if you were going to write, and if you were going to do the story on that particular subject, Robbie Crystal wasn't the guy to build your case around. Robbie Crystal is not a top prospect. He is not. Nobody I talk to has him ranked highly. I, if he is drafted in the first top 10 uh, in the first round, let alone the top 10, I would be shocked. He's a big forward, big body, St. Louis. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to kill the kid. He could end up being a pro, being a productive professional player. But to suggest that he's too good for the college game is laughable. I mean, come on. If, you can only score, if you're only scoring 10 goals in the Atlantic 10 Conference, you're not necessarily going to go to the pros and be this amazing player. So I'd say settle down with that. I think I get why people will have issues. With MLS uh, not allowing underclassmen to turn pro uh, unless they're Generation Adidas, but I, I mean, there's a reason for it, and this isn't new. This isn't exclusive to MLS. I mean, NFL is the same way as far as underclassmen. Uh, you know, certain age group, uh, certain age range, like you have to be a junior at least. Uh, NBA, you have to at least one year of college. So none of this stuff is 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 totally unheard of, but. Um, you know, I think there's a reason for it. And at the end of the day, the ta- to be completely fair, the top-end talent in, in, in college soccer is diminishing. It's going down because MLS teams are signing more homegrown players and because top uh, top youth players, it, it, top American youth players, more and more are starting to head over to Europe mm-hmm. at, young, at younger ages. So there is a talent drain on the college game. No doubt about it. So 
Is it a big issue that underclassmen aren't getting to go in the draft? No, not at all. It's not. It's a non-issue. Some people obviously aren't happy about it. Some people would love to think that, well, if I had been able to go in the draft, I would have been first-round pick. You know what? A lot of times, people who think that, you know, they're they're just not right. They're just wrong. Because if everyone who thinks they're first-round pick were first-round pick, the draft would be fifty picks, fifty picks long. And it's not that. That's just not the case. So there you go. Uh yes. You know you know what's gonna happen. Robbie Cristo is gonna be rookie of the year in 2015 in MLS. He's gonna score 15 goals and so and, and we're, we're gonna have to bring him on the show so he can tell you that you're stupid. Exactly. And I will I will gladly accept that if that happens. But me personally, I wouldn't. I I'm not worried about it. I will so say that. though, his haircut is already major league potential though. He has a yeah. he has a great haircut. And for the record, he will be. He is on my. Uh, prospects list that's going to come out on Friday, the, the MLS draft prospects. He's just not near the top. Let's just put it that way. So that's why I, I found it interesting when when the the tweet came in, and and I, I did want to touch on. I, I I've been kind of wanting to, uh, to touch on the subject because personally, I thought the story that that this was based on. I I just thought it was a stretch. It was a stretch. If you're gonna if you're gonna kind of make this your argument, then find a player who actually is a highly rated guy, like highly rated guy. And you know what? He he just isn't. Uh, you know college better than me, so I, I won't comment on 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 any of that. So, but we'll we'll have a we'll, we'll talk some college as, as the season progresses. So I'll try to pay attention this year for you, Ivis. <laughs> yeah, man, you got it. Well, you have to follow all your guys. You know, well, I, I, that's the thing. I follow all of them, so that's how I pay attention. Because I mean, I care about. I want to see how they do. You know, there's enough. There's too many of them playing college soccer now. I gotta look out. I feel like this, it's like an older brother thing. Well, for people who are completely unaware of what we were even talking about, obviously Garrett Cleverly, he used to work at the RSL Academy. False. And- I did not work for RSL. The Academy. Oh, the Academy, the Academy, the Academy just happened to be there. <laughs> I worked for another organization, and RSL was like, we're going to put our Academy there. And, oh, my God, Garrett works there. That's the, that's what, that is what happened. Right. Well, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so he's he has a, a very close attachment to – the RSL Academy products and and RSL Academy man, give them credit. They're cranking out yeah. a lot of a lot of good talent that's in the college game right now. And uh, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how what happens with a lot of these guys because yeah. RSL they can't sign all of them. So some of them are gonna actually go, have to probably go into the MLS draft or they might trade them. That's something else that people don't realize. You can trade, you know, you can trade the rights to these guys. So I, I think we're going to start seeing that at a certain point now, especially with an RSL. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, the academy's in the middle of freaking nowhere, so there's nothing for these kids to do. There's no distractions. There's no girls. So that's, I mean, that's why these kids get good at soccer. All they do is play soccer 24-7 in the middle of the freaking desert. It's, it's, I love this analysis. This is this is great. If you Seriously, <laughs> if, you, no, if you drive out there, like, You'll be thinking so what, it's like very Fargo-ish. You'll be like, well, "Are you gonna kill me out here?" Like it's, it's, you feel you, that's how you feel when you drive to where it is. It's like in the middle of nowhere. All right, it's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, I think that's it. I think we've we squeezed the juice out of this show. Yeah, it's already an hour thirty. See, I didn't even want to do a show this long. <sighs> well, you know what? You rushed the end and had to take off to your precious football game, so now we ended up with the long show. So there you go. What, what, see, why you got to say it like that? Well, let's say it like what? Like, you're, but, 20, but, you're 27. You don't have to go to any college football games anymore. Get over it. You're an I, old man now. Yes, I do. It's, you're my, grown up. You're grown up. No, like. my, my, I, hey, my, my program's a top 25 program. I'm allowed to go to the football games, all right? 
I guess. I, I mean, that's fair. I, well, I don't. I don't know. Unlike you, I didn't go to some D three junior college. Okay, that's a junior. College. But see, here's the thing, Garrett. I played football at my school. You didn't play at your school, so like, I don't get. What the, are you talking like, about? I, mean, I played football in a real football. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm sure. So I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I get. I'm sure there's the whole pride in the alma mater thing. I get that. That's fair. I just. I don't know, man. I just at, at a certain point, at a certain age in your life, you kind of got to like start just living your life and letting go of the college thing. You just got to do it. I go to oh my god, you're, <laughs> you're so stupid. I go to like six or seven college football uh, games that I will go to, and I have a group of friends that we all we all play on Divas FC together, so we all go together. Okay, you go to homecoming. No, I don't do any of that crap. All right, fair enough. Who, who? First off, first off, who participates in homecoming for college? That's lame. All right, we're, we're going to let this go now before you just alienate like more and more of our readers. What are you talking about? It's your elitist commentary. What? Oh, oh first, first that's rich. Say, that's rich first, coming from you. What are you talking about? Me? How am I an elitist? If anything, I'm you're like the, the I'm like the neutral person on this show. You're the one where it's like. It's you're like the hot or cold. Either people love you or they hate you. And me, I'm just well, that, like, well, you know, it's Garrett. He's, he's in between. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, See, I can't there argue you go. See, there you go. Can argue with you there. But you know, that's just because you don't say much. You don't start spouting opinions. If you start doing that, that's the that's the thing. I, I'm not afraid to get, express my opinion and 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 forcefully defend my opinions. And that's how you end up with people loving and hating you. When you don't express opinions, it's easy to kind of be invisible. And that's that's kind of that's your role. I so. I I'm the host of the show. My role is the host, and I will occasionally have a joke. I'll occasionally have some insight, but my role is the host. I give you softballs. That's how the show t- works. You tell jokes sometimes. Oh man, I got to start paying attention. You're stupid. <laughs> All right, I think we've bored people to death by now. You're stupid. Uh, why do I do this show? I have no idea why. <laughs> Alright. It's too late. It's too, we gotta start recording early. We gotta start like morning shows. We gotta start doing like recording morning shows. We need to start getting where... guests. That's what we need to start doing. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's funny because I keep talking to people all the time, uh you know, players and coaches, and I'm like, Oh, I gotta get you on our show. And it was just it just never happens because our recording times don't work. But what do they say? They're like, Yeah, I wanna come on. Oh, yeah, people, people, yeah, we we could definitely get people on. That's not an issue. It's just with our recording times it just it doesn't doesn't work. But hopefully Hopefully soon we'll start getting getting guests back on. Yes, I, I agree with you on that. Or someone could just, you know, buy the show, move me out to New York, and then, you know, get us a studio, and we could do a daily show and have guests on every single day. I mean, that could happen one day. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. I think we could do a great show. I think we could do a great daily show. We could. But we, you know... Who's going to pay for that? So Well, I don't know. Well, the Daily Show wouldn't all be about soccer. We'd have to have, you know, like a pop culture segment and then a, you know, you know, what do we do last night segment, you know, stuff like that, you know, and then <laughs> and then maybe some soccer. One day, Garrett, one day. Maybe we could pull it off. You know, we could have like a Howard Stern type show and not like, you know, the Howard Stern now, like Howard Stern back in the day when it was funny. Back in the day. Well, yeah, you know, before he like, you know, went on to Sirius and could say we, and whatever he wanted. Listen, more more evidence of you being old is when you start staying back in the day. That is true. E- embrace it, Damn man. It. Embrace embrace the old age, Gary. You get it's it's happening. It's happening. It's not. I'm 27. 
you're, you know, you, you know how many four, you know how many like fifty year old guys listen to this show and they're like, Garrett's twenty seven. He's still he's still a punk kid. He doesn't know crap. Yeah, guarantee. You know guarantee. And you and you know how many 18, 19, 20 year olds listen to our show? Decent num- a decent amount. Yeah, and they're probably like, God, twenty seven, so far away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, eighteen year old kid, it is not. It will happen tomorrow. It's, especially if you move in with a girlfriend, then it just speeds it up even oh, more. God, I know. <laughs> I wish I got the manual. There needs to be like a manual for all guys who move in with girls, you know, your girlfriends that tells you like, you know, things. I didn't get that manual. If anyone needs it, let me know. I'll write it for you. <laughs> I, I, I'm reading subliminally that you wish someone had warned you how bad it would be. No, I just, <laughs> it's, you know, it's. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. The, the, the stammering, the stuttering. He doesn't know what to say, folks. He's worried his girlfriend might listen to no, the she show. She guarantees she doesn't listen to the show. But, like, you know, there's stuff. Like, you I, know. I, I can see I, me and Garrett and I are not doing video Skype. We're not in the same room. But I right now am envisioning Garrett staring at the door, praying. I am. I'm looking at the he's door. Praying, <laughs> he's praying. He's praying his girlfriend is not awake right now because he he's just doesn't know what he's just no, saying. She's sleepy. There's stuff like, like for instance, here, here's an example, right? I'm sitting on the couch, chilling, you know, and then she's like, I need you to clean this one dish in the sink. And I'm like, I'll get to it. And she's like, no, you need to clean it now. I'm like, I'll get to it when I get up. And then she forces me to go clean it. It's like, I'll get to it. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's uh, usually that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that sounds like married people problems, man. I don't know. <laughs> you're already, you're already uh, you've already advanced to that stage. Nice. Well, she's older than me, so that's probably why. So much for the honeymoon stage. Yeah, it passed pretty quickly. Usually it comes after the, you know, it ends at once you get married, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking at the door. All right. Show, show's over. <laughs> yes. I'm ending the show. As the host, remember, it's, I been just, out. it's been over. It's been over. I'm the host. I have full power on this show. I can end the show when I want. I could change subjects when I want. So I'm determining that we're going to end the show right now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're spare you're sparing everybody right now. <laughs> we gotta do we gotta get a daily show, man. One day. One I'm day. serious. We, we we can't we, we can't even get two shows a week on a consistent basis. But that's because we're bu- that's good dude, first off, you and I are you and I are busy. We have busy right. lives. I agree. You know? You know, it you're, is what you're, it pro- is, you're procrastinating all day. I mean I know I know you you ADD, you can't get any stories done till the last second. You know, and, and me, I, I I don't even know what I'm doing every single day. So, I mean, we're busy. It is what it is, man. I'm serious. The Daily Show, man. You know how much fun that would be? Right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, we, think we, about we it. Oh, my let's God. Wrap it up. All right. Fine. All right. I'll let you go. You have a good weekend, man. All right. Thanks. You too. And as always, everyone, thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Thank you for the comments. And thank you for all the support that you give to Ivis and myself. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>